Would you open God's precious holy word to Proverbs chapter 1 and let's look at verses 8 through 19 tonight. We had our introduction to the book from the first seven verses. So the next section regards teaching young men, boys, to avoid bad influence. We have to start, though, back with verse 7, because this is the foundation that is laid with everything that comes after it. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. If you don't start here, the rest of it is meaningless. But fools despise correcting instruction and wisdom. The word for instruction speaks of an instruction that is a correcting or even a chastising instruction. So it's, a, it's the kind of a thing where someone in authority will give you a rule maybe and the boundaries of the rule may not seem clear or at least the one who is on the other end gets kind of nitpicky and the one who is giving the instruction has to come back with correction and say now you know you didn't do that right this was wrong that's that's what it means it's a chastising or a correcting instruction so now let's move on and note all order in the human experience, order, culture, society, the human experience can only be orderly if there is an authority and a recognition of authority. The Old Testament is replete with how Israel rebelled. God gave them instructions. God outlined a direction for them. And they rebelled. They went their own way. The book of Judges says every, there, was, there was no authority. There was no rule. There was no order. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And of course, it was a chaotic experience for Israel. It was called, the time of the judges was called the dark ages of Israel by Bible historians. If we think back then to verse 7, the fear of Yahweh, the beginning of knowledge, one of his commandments is to honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. There is a second part then to that commandment that's very important. God says to his people, honor your father and your mother. You will have then a strong society, a strong culture. The authority begins at home. 
children will begin to respect authority. And as God's people, you will teach them what they need to know, especially from God's word. Part of, part of the Jewish culture was to begin to praise the Lord and pray in your rising up and then again you're going to bed. And they, the parents were to teach their children. So the earliest experience of authority and correcting instruction, chastising instruction, that first experience is at home when parents who fear the Lord in that fear of the Lord give instruction and guidance to their children. So there is an authority. There are those who are to be taught by the authority. And the instruction is an instruction that brings with it discipline. It's not any good unless there's a penalty that has to be paid. You have to, it's going to cost you something if you don't do what the righteous authority teaches you to do. There'll be a price to be paid. Sadly, the price can be paid for the rest of your life. And if this thing becomes a culture-wide thing, a society-wide thing, not only will you as an individual suffer but the whole society will eventually collapse and your days will no longer be on the land. So obey your father and your mother so that your days may be long upon the land. If there's no parental discipline, then all other discipline just flies out the window. If a child doesn't begin understanding authority and discipline, then that child is a is a monster to society. So then, this instruction begins with authority, a respect for authority, the presence of meaningful authority. So we go then to the verse, uh, verses 8 and 9. My lad, now the word, uh, the word there, for, uh, it's a boy. It's, it, it, yours may say my son or something like that. It's a lad. It's a young boy. It's a, it's a preteen kid is what the Hebrew word references. My lad. So this is a father, and he has a young, impressionable son. He's been far along in life enough to know that there are Good kids and there are bad kids. He's just learned this on his own and he's learned by this time at the age that the word implies, he would be at the age where he can weigh the behavior of people and, and will know by the instruction of his parents whether or not it fits in with the parameters of behavior set down by the Word of God. Okay, we go back again. It starts here. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. It starts there and moves on. So by this time, the lad knows that the supreme authority for behavior and conduct and so is the Word of God. 
And the supreme judge, the supreme teacher, if you will, of course, is God himself. God made us, God created us, and God knows what's best for us. So, my lad, hear and give heed or hearken. It's more than just listen to me. It is listen to me with a view to doing what I tell you to do. That's what it means. It's a deep word. My lad, hearken the correcting instruction of your father and do not abandon or let it hang slack the law of your mother. Don't let the law of your mother just hang loosely about you such that you don't pay that much attention to it. Because if you, if you abandon or you slacken in the law of your mother, your father's going to have to correct you. Correcting instruction. Now, how did your mother teach you? What did your mother and I say to you? Did you do it that way? Why did you do it that way? Because there was rebellion in your heart. You disobeyed. You may as well own up to it. We know that you did. That's what this is all about. Now, I, I colorized the word mother here because this is unusual. If you read the ancient writings of wisdom from the Babylonians, the Egyptians in, in this era, in this time, you will find that everything goes to the man and the woman is never mentioned. The mother is just never mentioned in all of that kind of thing. But God's word is different. Of course, God, having created man and woman and having created the family unit and having, having created and ordained the institution of marriage and through that having created the family unit knows how important Motherhood is, later on there's a proverb about the importance of a mother's instruction. We'll get to it, God willing, one of these days. So, parental authority vested in the father and the mother. The mother gives certain instructions and for the household, it is the law for that child. Matter of fact, the word law in the Hebrew, it's Torah. Torah. Uh, and that, that tells you that, that, tells you that uh, this is a serious matter. This is something that is supposed to stick to you, and it is supposed to be a part of who you are. You are to obey these things that your mother teaches you in the household. Beyond that, there is further correcting instruction of your father. He'll make a, an example out of a circumstance. What did your mother say about this kind of thing? Have you just, have you just ignored what your mother said? Well, let me take this a step further. The next time that you do something that is against the teaching of your mother at home, you will not enjoy the result. The rod and reproof give wisdom. That's later on in Proverbs. Now, man's law, of course, tries to... 
Everything about the world, the job of the devil and the world system is to reject the word of God. Everything about it. But our job is not to follow the way of the world. It is to follow the will and word of God. Now, the Father gives the correcting instruction. Why is the boy taught to be attentive and obedient to the teaching of his parents? Here it is in verse 9. For they, that is the correcting instruction of your father and the law of your mother, they will be a graceful wreath, a garland on your head, a beautiful, a beautiful garland, a wreath placed on your head. And pendant chains about your neck or, or jeweled necklaces that sparkle and bring beauty. Here's what he says. When you start out appreciating authority and understanding that it's best for you to follow the correcting instruction of your mother, of your, of your father and the law of your mother and understand that it's really true every time the daddy smacks you, it hurts him worse than you. You understand that this is going to make your life a beautiful thing. You won't have near the trouble in your life if you can start out appreciating authority. So then, here's the warning to the young lad. My lad, being in the gender that it is, it's, it's, it's the father now that's talking. My lad, come here. Sit next to me and listen to me. If the criminally sinful enticing you, the wicked, if they entice you, do not consent. I'm going to say that probably every guy in this room, at one time or another, has had some thug in the making try to get you to go along or try to talk you into something, try to get you to go along with something that you knew wasn't right. I've been there, and I'm sure every other guy has. Sometimes they try to intimidate you. It comes with intimidation. Later on, the teaching is about how to deal with intimidation. If the criminally sinful entice you. So what is implied here is that the boy among his peers in the village, wherever he may be, will have already noted that there are good kids and there are bad kids. And the bad kids can be bullies and they can be intimidating and they always have an idea of how to try to entice you into what they're doing. And usually there's, you know, there's, there's some kind of, there's some kind of uh, phase that, that makes you 
be out front more than anybody else. It's always wrong. If they're wicked, if they're criminally sinful, they're going to start out being that way with you. So, son, you know there are bad kids. Matter of fact, that boy of Eliezer is down the road there. He tried to steal one of our goats one time. I saw him one night sneak into a barn and steal a rope, take it across the other side of the village and try to sell it to a caravan that's going. I mean, you know, son, you know what it means to be a bad boy, bad child. You know what it means. And I want you to stay away from those people. You don't have anything to do with them. You don't play with You stay away from them. You don't deal with them in any way. That's what he's saying. When they come around, if the criminally sinful entice you, do not consent. If they say... Now, I have all the pronouns here for the next two or three, four verses colorized in, in yellow. Because this is a gang mentality. Criminals are never that brave by themselves. You hardly ever see that. It's always a gang mentality. That's the only way they can feel courageous enough, or whatever you want to call it, infamous enough. To do the wicked things that they premeditate. So here it is. They. Son, one of these days you're going to be out there and you're going to be innocently coming back with something that your mother sent you for. And all of a sudden, he calls them by name maybe. This boy and this boy and this boy and this boy and this boy are just going to happen upon you. And they'll try to scare you. And they'll say, tonight we're going to do something. And they'll explain what they're going to do. And you will be there with us. It's going to be fun. And something great's going to come out of it. If they say, come with us, let us. And you, immediately you see how wicked, how wicked they are. Let us lie in wait to shed innocent blood. Let us lurk secretly. For the innocent. It's a gang mentality. Nobody can tell us what to do. We're going to push people around and take whatever we want from them. And we're going to do it in the dark. We're not going to let them know that it's coming. We don't want them to be prepared. We're going to do it in the darkness. And in secrecy. And we're going to have a plan. And it's going to be people that we know can't handle us. Innocent blood. Innocent people. We're going to pray on the weak people. We're going to have our way. Get anything we want. Let us quickly engulf them like Sheol. Alive and whole like those going down to the pit. Of course, Sheol is another word for the grave. 
It's another word that couldn't be tra translated hell. But they speak of suddenly coming upon the innocent in darkness, surrounding and engulfing them, even to the point of shedding their blood if they have to. We're going to engulf them quickly. We're going to move quickly. Like those going down to the pit, sometimes people would be walking at night and fall into a well or a cistern that they didn't know was there. And down they go quickly. We're going to do this quickly. We will find all kinds of splendid wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us and let us all have one purse. We're going to divvy this up. The more of us there are, the more stuff we can get. The more stuff we can steal. The more intimidating we will appear to be. We will catch them at night. We will force them to surrender their wealth. And we will take it as one person and put it all in one purse. You come with us and you're going to be something. You're going to have your own money. You'll be able to throw your weight around. You'll be able to have your own way. This is the father now talking to the lad. Son, you're going to face people like this. They're criminals. They're thugs. They're wicked. They're utterly opposed to God, his way, and his word. You must never give them consent. Now you see, again, implied where the father says, never give consent, implied there is, you do whatever you have to do to stay away from them and to refuse to be a part of them. Now that means, <laughs> that, that means have your own plan. Understand that there are people like that out here Son, you and I know young people out here who will probably try to entice you into this kind of thing. So you be prepared. You have a way. Do not consent. Do whatever it takes to never, ever let these people have any kind of influence over you at all. Do not cast your lot with them. Regardless of how they may entice you, my lad, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Avoid them. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. They are troubled. Everywhere they go, they're trouble. So, don't walk with them. Don't be around them. Surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird owner. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Here's what daddy says. They're going to get what's coming to them. They can't live that. They can't go that way very much longer. They'll get caught up with. Bad things will happen to them. 
even to the taking away of their lives. Well, if they get put in prison, that's taking your life away. Or according to the law of Moses, more likely stoned to death. So, I want you to know that their life is an empty life. They are draining their own blood. And their own lives. And the more they do, the closer to their own death they become. This is how it's going to end. This is how it's going to end. So, six things from that passage of Scripture. Teach the young people, the lad, the children, to recognize there are people who have a goal to use others for their own gain. Avoid chasing sinful gain because then it gets hold on you. If it does, it'll cost you your life. Evil goals look attractive in the short term, but in the long term, they do great harm. They'll take your life away from you. Those who chase after evil will eventually be overcome by that evil. The evil that people perpetuate on others will come back to destroy them. And there are always moments to guide young people. We should seize those moments, however small or large they may be. Sit down here, son, let me tell you. why You, you may have done the right thing, you may have done the wrong thing. Why, why the issue is something we should need to discuss right now so that this never happens again in your life. We'll stop there and we'll have our deacon prayer time.